and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue on today in Acts chapter 9, moving to verses 20 through 31. In these verses, Luke gives us the record of Saul's early ministry, beginning in Damascus and then moving down to Jerusalem. Here is the way Luke describes the result of Saul's conversion and baptism. He stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and went at once to the synagogue to tell everyone there the good news about Jesus, that he is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who persecuted Jesus' followers so bitterly in Jerusalem, they asked? And we understand that he came here to arrest them all and take them in chains to the high priest. Saul became more and more fervent in his preaching, and the Damascus Jews couldn't withstand his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Christ. After a while, the Jewish leaders determined to kill him, but Saul was told about their plans, that they were watching the gates of the city day and night prepared to murder him. So during the night, some of his converts let him down in a basket through an opening in the wall. Upon arrival at Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They thought that he was faking. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus, what the Lord had said to him, and all about his powerful preaching in the name of Jesus. Then they accepted him, and after that he was constantly with the believers and preached boldly in the name of the Lord. But then some Greek-speaking Jews, with whom he had argued, plotted to kill him. However, when the other believers heard about his danger, they took him to Caesarea and then sent him to his home in Tarsus. Meanwhile, the church had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and grew in strength and numbers. The believers learned how to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit.
From Luke's account, we see that Saul began to preach in the synagogues immediately following his baptism. Saul's message was a declaration of what he himself had become convinced of on the Damascus Road, Christ's deity and messiahship. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. Saul, or Paul, a Jewish rabbi who had studied under Gamaliel, was struck by a blinding light near Damascus. Jesus, whom Saul was persecuting, appeared to him. He was converted. This was a uniquely divine operation with supernatural accompaniments. The open heaven, the indescribable light, the appearance of Jesus, and the voice of Jesus. While all of these things happened in Paul's conversion, it is not ours to demand that they happen at every conversion. They may, but they may not. As one writer put it, a conversion is no more miraculous with them nor less miraculous without them. He is no better converted who has given them nor less converted who is not granted them. What happened in the heart of Saul was the crucial miracle. He became a new man. He came to realize that the Jesus of Nazareth whom he had persecuted was also Lord. I suppose Paul had often repeated the Shema. He must have said it often in Hebrew. It's recorded in Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. It's beautiful in the Hebrew language. It sounds like this, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Translated, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. When Saul said, Who are you, Lord? Jesus said, I am Jesus. At that moment, Saul realized that the Jehovah, the Lord of his Bible, and Jesus of Nazareth were one and the same person. Jesus is Lord, Yahweh. Tremendous. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, but Jesus is Lord. He is Jehovah. Paul could later write that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, what? That Jesus is Lord. Paul never forgot that cosmic truth, that some of the total of theology, philosophy, and history, Jesus is Lord. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus. No sooner had Saul, the Jewish rabbi who had studied under Gamaliel, been converted to Christ, than he began to preach Christ. Christ had met him near Damascus. The door to heaven had rolled back momentarily, and Jesus, surrounded by brilliant light, had said to Paul, Why do you persecute me? From that moment, Paul realized that the Jesus who had been crucified by the Romans had indeed been raised and was now in eternity with God. 
Saul, being blinded, was led into Damascus, where Ananias, a devout Jew and disciple of Jesus, came to him, ministered to him, and his sight was restored. After a few days of recuperation, Luke the historian writes, At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ. Paul preached in the synagogues. His message was about Jesus. He had two points to make. Number one, that Jesus is the Son of God. To the Hebrew mind, sonship expressed that loyal obedience to the Father that characterized the life of Jesus. While this is the only reference to Jesus as the Son of God in Acts, that title is used of Christ often in the New Testament. Paul's second point was that Jesus is the Christ, that is, the Messiah. Paul was uniquely suited to argue with the Jews in Damascus. The Jews were baffled and astonished because Saul was able to prove conclusively that Jesus was the promised Messiah. From Damascus, Paul evidently went to Arabia where he remained parts of three years. Nabataean Arabia was east of Damascus and stretched south. Why Paul took off isn't stated. Perhaps he needed to get away by himself. Arabia was sparsely populated. He needed to formulate his own understanding of Jesus in the light of his sudden face-to-face -face encounter with Christ on the Damascus Road. Perhaps he studied and read the scriptures and prepared himself for what lay ahead. Or it is possible that he preached in Arabia. At any rate, he returned to Damascus, and it was then that the Jews conspired to kill him. They hoped to ambush him at the city gates, but Paul learned of the plot and escaped from a house that was built against the city wall. A window in the house extended through the wall of the city and led to the outside. It was through such a window in a basket or a net or a hamper that Paul was let down on the outside. He was able to escape to Jerusalem where the disciples were all afraid of him. It was Barnabas who was willing to take the risk and who introduced Paul to the disciples in Jerusalem and convinced them that Paul's conversion was real. Barnabas lived up to his name, which means son of encouragement. He became the bridge between Paul and the disciples. Since it was three years since his conversion, the disciples must have wondered why Paul hadn't checked in with them before this. Finally, they accepted him, and Paul was released to speak boldly in Jerusalem, only to experience the same opposition Stephen had earlier. The Hellenistic Jews tried to kill him, so the brothers sent him to Tarsus via Caesarea on the coast. Then Luke writes in chapter 9, verse 31, Then the church throughout Judea and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and it grew in numbers.
of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.